Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Ron Zetcher. Ron is a legend in sports officiating. He is in the Greater St. Louis Amateur Baseball Hall of Fame, the St. Louis Jewish Hall of Fame, the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, and St. Louis Hall of Fame, and there is so much more. You're awesome. I'm excited to talk to you. Hi, Ron. Hi. I'm excited to be here. You have a um, infectious personality. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a good thing, right? It's a wonderful thing. Oh, it's fun. Yes. It means that it's like I, I have a thing about I start with love, right? So I love everybody I meet. Some people prove me wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we know <laughs> and that. I, it's like, sir. I will still love you just from afar, but, <laughs> I love but it. you get it, right? I do get it. Now, I have to tell you, so you came via Jeff Bullig, my friend, and also who I'm going to, I call him my publicist. I'm like, you're like my publicist at times. Jeff, love you. But he described you as an interesting person who loves people. Now, that's a cool way to be described. It is, and it's humbling. It, it really is humbling, and I do love people. And I particularly love... Today, obviously my family, but we're going to not. But what I really love today is that I have been subbing at Spady Elementary School. I know. And I've subbed there over 100 days this year. And if you can't love little kids, there's something wrong with you. What grades do you sub for? Well, kindergarten, first grade second grade, third grade, and fourth grade. How fun. It's it's phenomenal. In fact, when I leave here today, uh, one of the first grade teachers needs some help this afternoon, and I will go in there and help her with their little first graders. And I'm, I hear, I am really popular there because I, was I am known, say. I'm known as the recess sub. Oh. So I always take them all out for extra recesses. Yes. And today, with this weather... They will get a really they're good. They're going outside. Oh, no, they're getting a real good extra recess. Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, so did the kids know about your background? Do they understand who their resource the recess sub is? Well, the phys ed teacher at a Spady Elementary School is is about as good a guy as you'll ever meet. His name is Mark Williams. Mark was my freshman. I was a freshman football coach for. Okay. Over 30 years, Mark was my freshman football quarterback. Really? And now he's the PE teacher at Spady. And Mark Williams is is what's what it's all good about. It, and he will tell the kids about, oh, you don't know what coach has done. You know that guy. I don't. Once in a while, you know, a lot of them go to the J um, East, the JCC East, and you know, if you're in the Hall of Fame, your picture's on the wall. So every once in a while, some little guy or gal say, we saw your face on the wall. Oh, how fun. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah. 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 But they're... Well, let's talk about, let's touch upon this. I mean, I don't know. It could, we could talk forever on about your career, but give us some of the highlights. Well, uh, athletically, uh, the highlight of my career, because I was very troubled when I was a young kid and I got in a lot of trouble, you know, and so forth. When I got to high school, I kind of, I, I calmed down enough where I was able to play 
baseball and I was able to play basketball, my kids' football players asked me why I never played football. I said, because I was such a bad student that the first two years I was ineligible to play football because I didn't do anything academically. I screwed around all the time. And I try to tell these kids today, you know, you're young, but when you get the, the, the biggest disappointment, if you love sports, you'll ever have, if you get to the first day of practice as a freshman and you walk out on the football field or the basketball court or whatever whatever sport you're, you're after and a coach calls you over and says, you know, I'm sorry, you're, you're not eligible to play. Your grades... Uh, I said, it's, and I tell these kids I, all the time, it, it'll be the worst. Absolutely, it'll be like somebody kicking you right in the teeth. Right. And so think about that before it happens. Try to not let that happen. Right, right. I had great parents, but my parents loved me so much that they never, <laughs> never wanted to say, hey, buddy boy. <laughs> get, get those grades yeah, it, it was always It was always like, I know you'll do better, honey, you know. No. There, yeah, understanding is a good thing, but y'all should got to push a little bit. Yes, and you, you know about, you, I'm sure you understand a little bit about, we got to push you a little bit, especially when it comes to sports. You you need to be pushed. And, and I have a problem today. Um, I have a, I have grandsons who are pretty good athletes, and um, I, I followed them. In fact, I coached a couple of my grandson's youth teams after I've, you know, retired. And God bless my daughters. I love them. But when I criticized their sons, <laughs> they didn't like it. You know, I said, well, get another coach. Uh, get <laughs> right, another coach. Honey? That's all. You want me to coach? This is how I'm going to coach. Yeah. Well, let's speak. Let's speak. Uh, let's talk about like, so basketball's a biggie with you. Yes. Talk about the years in basketball. I got lucky. Um, I started, you know, like, like anything else. And I try to tell young officials, I started. Gee whiz, I would refer, well, the first place I ever refereed basketball was at the um, Baptist Church League, if you can believe it. Okay. And, you know, I was going to learn, and, and I was, I went down there, I thought I knew everything, and the Baptists, you know, they'd have, you know, two teams, and before before the game, these Baptist guys, they would pray, you know, and say all the right things, and then once the game started, all those prayers disappeared. <laughs> They were gone. Okay, I, got a little bit different when the game yeah, was yeah, being yeah, played. I, I heard a few things that I didn't hear when they were praying. So, <laughs> so, but it, it was a great experience for me because I was young, and these were older men, and they were tough. You know, I'm, and it helped me learn a little bit about how to control a game. And I went from there, had some good people who helped me in the high school level. I started off with, you know, like freshman games, sophomore games freshman games, more sophomore games, and you keep thinking, am I ever going to get a varsity game? Am I ever going to be a... And then finally, a guy named Ned Crane, he was the head of the um, Suburban League. That was all the suburban schools, Parkways, Ledoux, blah, blah, blah. And, and he hired me. And I, that, was like the, that was like the biggest thing that ever happened in my life. And I got like eight games. And I worked hard, and I got very lucky. I, I got to um, officiate the um, Missouri State large school championship game three years in a row. So there's an interesting story about that. Do you want to hear it? I, of course okay, I want to hear so it. Okay, th- so this is officials. They all have egos. If you don't have a big ego, you probably can't go out there and, and do this stuff and have people yell at you. And, you know, and, oh, yeah. Gotcha. So the first year, I can't tell you how many referees 
called me. Oh, my God, Ron, we're so, oh, what a great honor. Oh, we're, it's fabulous. Second year in a row, about half the guys called me. You know what I mean? Hey, that's great. The third year, they all called Columbia. Why does the same guy get the, get the championship every year? They're angry now, see? So, we were okay with it once. Yeah. We dealt with it twice, but three times, hell no. No, no. You know, so, so anyway, that's how I got started. And um, the, uh, the, the uh, Jack Miles was the um, Missouri State High School Activities Association director, okay? And he was good friends with a guy named Bernie Sagaw, who had the same job in Iowa. He was in charge of all the Iowa officials. Okay. And Bernie also was a part-time, at the time, he was a part-time supervisor at the Big 8 Conference. So Jack Miles told Bernie, Bernie called me, and that's how I got into the Big 8. Nice. That's how it happened. And yeah. what was that like, the Big 8? I mean, that had to be a bit different than... Well, I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story. When I got hired in the Big 8... You know, I had worked three state championships in a row. I thought that I was the thing. I was I was the everything, you know. And when I work, worked my first game in the Big Eight, I realized how, hey man, you're 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 really overmatched. You're really not so good as you think you are. And after two years, Bernie Sagaw sent me a letter, and it was like a a professional sports team's letter, and it was like Ron. Um, and he started out like that. And I knew I'd had a couple bad years, you know, so I was kind of waiting for something not too good. So he writes this letter, and he was a wonderful man. And I think he's still living, Bernie. He's probably in his 90s. He said, every major league baseball team has a roster of 25 baseball players. And each year at the end of the season, they eliminate some of that roster, and they add others to the roster to replace them. And I'm going to be replacing you. Can't, I can't. No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was brutal. <laughs> you know, I can, I can laugh about it now, but I wasn't laughing. Oh, then. I bet. So, my wife at the time, I'm remarried, um, and we had four daughters. Uh, we packed up and we went out to visit some relatives in um, San Diego that summer. And we went out to San Diego, and I was carrying this, I mean, really carrying this burden. I mean, it was like brutal. And I probably wasn't the best dad, probably the best husband that summer, you know, because you're, you're consumed with yourself. Right, right. And so about three weeks later, we come back to St. Louis. I go get all of our mail at the post office. And I walk in there, and there's a stack of mail. You can imagine three weeks. Right. And in there, there's a, a letter from the Missouri Valley Conference. I open it up, and it's from John Overby. He was one of the guys that I refereed a lot with in the Big Eight. He was a veteran. He had retired from the Big Eight, and he was hired as a supervisor in the Missouri Valley. He wants to hire me. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a second chance. And I thought, and please answer within 10 days. And the letter had been laying there for right, like right. three weeks. So I called him right away, told him, he's, and he hired me, and he told me two things. Because this was before the days of I can text you. Oh, yeah, oh, this, no, no. This, this was, was all pick up, you know, go, go snail on. Snail mail if, was the thing. If you, well, if you're on the highway, 
you got to go in one of those phone booths. You know, they, they used to have them call. Yeah, have a phone. right. I remember those. Yep. Yeah. So I called John and, and he said, I'm going to tell you two things. He said, I'm going to hire you. He said, number one, he said, if a veteran official tries to overrule you on the floor and you know you're right, you better look him in the eye and not let him do it. That's number one. And number two, he says, you better not let the coaches take advantage of you. That's why you lost your job in the other conference. Yeah. Everything else, everything else you do is fine. I listened to him. So he was my mentor. This lifted you back up. Not only lifted me back up. How about this? A year after that, I'm in the Missouri Valley. John Overby, who is he's really lifted me off the ground. He also gets a job as a supervisor of the Big Eight. So now, now I'm back in the Big Eight awesome. and in the Missouri Valley. Awesome, awesome. Wow. So there's a lot of luck involved. Take advantage of it, though. But you got it. Yes, we talk, So before we we got on the podcast, we talked about luck. Yes. It's one thing to be lucky and be at the right place, right time, but it's what you do with it. It's it's so important. It's so important, and and you have to. I I getting back to officiating. So. I also later on was fortunate, and I became the supervisor of two big conferences, one Division II conference, the MIAA, and the Division III conference, the SLIAC. That's all the St. Louis schools, Fon, Fon, Webster, all those schools. Yeah, yeah. And I used to tell these young officials, they, would, they, would, they weren't even doing a good job in our league yet. They were just kind of okay. And they're talking to me about, I think I'm going to go to this big eight camp this summer. And I say, why? Well, I want to, I said, let me, let me, let me be honest with you. You're not really that good yet in this league. You need to kind of really take small steps. Oh, thank you, Mr. Zetcher. Thank you. Some great advice. And then that summer I'd see him running off. Off they go. Off they go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't take my advice. Yeah. 500, $500 gone. (laughs) Next year, another 500. (laughs) Whatever. It's... So are there any memorable, um, I mean, I'm sure there are, but like some memorable players or just, you know, people you worked with that you were like, you are awesome and I'm so glad I got well, to know you and, and hang out with you. And I, oh yes. I mean, listen, um, I got to referee with some of the legendary, great, in my opinion, referees. Hank Nichols. Uh, Hank Nichols was the well, he worked about seven Final Fours, and then Hank Nichols became the first national coordinator of NCAA basketball officials. Okay. And he, he was just phenomenal. The phenomenal. I mean, he could sit down with 500 referees, and he could just tell you, hey, here's, here's how you do it this way. You know, don't, don't make it too hard. You know, he, Hank had that great, he, and he was a professor of English at Villanova University, so a very bright guy also. Gotcha. And so he was great. Ed Hightower, I don't know if you've heard the name. Yes. Ed, Ed, Ed's a, uh, uh, well, he's he's one of the greatest referees that come out of this area. We were very good friends. Uh, Ed's African-American. I'm Jewish. So we had a lot of nice conversations, you know, about his background and my background. And, and he also became the uh, superintendent of schools uh, in Edwardsville. And I, I can tell you a quick story about Ed if you want me to. Well, yes. Okay, so Ed Hightower... It's the superintendent of a big school district. I mean, it is huge and wonderful. And we refereed a lot of games together. And I would always think, 
how do you get away every day? And you're the superintendent of schools. How's that working to myself, you know? And then right. I used to tease him. I'd say, hi, Tower. You're the superintendent of schools, and they're letting you referee. What's, 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 what's the deal? <laughs> so anyway, he retires. And he he invited my wife and myself, my, my present wife. And it was an unbelievable ceremony over at SIU Edwardsville. And they gave him the, it was it was unbelievable. So Manny Jackson, who used to be a great athlete in Edwardsville, became a part-time owner of the Harlem Globetrotters. Okay. And and he became good friends with Ed. And he tells the story. He was a guest speaker at Ed's retirement. He said, you know, when Ed first got the job here, he called me and he said, hey, Manny, you want to go out to lunch? I'll take you out to lunch. So I said, great. So we'd go out to lunch and Ed would pay for our little lunch, you know, a couple hamburgers and French fries. And I ended up giving Ed about five, ten thousand dollars that day. So nice so then he said, you know, we we you know, then we got to lunch a month later and I knew that you know that that was just a one time deal. No. Once again, I'm giving Ed some more money. So so make a long story short, Ed and his wife, when they first got there, set up a foundation. They raised eighteen million dollars in all the years that he was there built their entire athletic complex on that on that funding so it wasn't taxpayer money. Oh, wow. So I finally figured out why they didn't care if Ed went to referee. Gotcha, yeah, <laughs> go right, every, right, go right. Every, go wherever hey, you want, Ed. If Ed wants to just let him. To keep That's, bringing it in. Yeah, no kidding. And, That's amazing. And, and I also found out that once basketball ended, he was there 24-7 in the district throughout the summer. So kind of know what the guy's doing first before you start thinking about it. it's not, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you, you never know. You never know. You never know. No, no. Right. So Ed and uh, Hank Nichols and, of course, John Overby, who he he brought me out on the ground and picked me up. Those guys, I mean, you, you should never forget them. Of course not. Never. They were there, and they they saw, but but they saw the potential, right? And that's the big. They, they were good to me. Yeah, they were good to me, and and Hank became the national coordinator. And um, there was a guy that I met briefly named Tom Butters, who I've never forgotten. Uh, he was at one of the NCAA tournaments that I officiated in, and he was he was the guy who was in charge of that tournament. The NCAA sent him. He was okay. an athletic director at Duke University. He hired Coach K, okay? Okay. And after um, like three years, Coach K's first three years, they weren't very good. In fact, they were awful. And all the alumni and all the big money people, they wanted Coach K gone. And Tom Butter said, um, if he goes, I go. He's my guy. So he brought, it's an interesting story. He brought Coach K in after the third year. And Coach K thought, he's gone. Yeah. And he had an envelope in a drawer, and he took it out, and he gave it to Coach K. Coach K says, I know I'm o- it's over. He opens it up. It's a new five-year contract. Oh, wow. <laughs> How's that? Nice. Uh, you think Tom Butters knew he was a good coach? Yeah. You think? He got it. He yeah. knew that there was the potential was there. It just hadn't been founded. Amen. Amen. Got to give him time. And he did. And look what Coach K did. Maybe the greatest of all time. That's amazing. It's a great story. I love that story. Yeah, yeah. 
So I have some questions for you. I, I want to answer them. I have fun questions for you. Okay. Actually, I've got like 27 <laughs> questions, but I'm going to have to pick three, which is, which is not easy to do. All right. So what I want to know about, first of all, what is a walk away? Okay. I was at a camp with Bob Knight. I am one of the very few referees who will continue to say good things about him. All right. Why? Because he was always good to me and he treated me very well. The walk away, he said to me, he said, Ron, do you know what a walk away is? I said, coach, I've never heard of it. He said, well, you should know what it is. He said, when there's a confrontation between a coach and a referee, the referee always comes over to the coach, because the coach can't come out in the middle of the forest. So you come over to me, right. and you and I start off a conversation. And after a while, you should recognize that this conversation is not going anywhere. It's going south. So now the walk away is you turn around, and you walk away from me before. And if I follow you, and I come on the court, then you have to have the guts to tee me and set me back on my bench. Right. That's the walk away. Oh, interesting. So he gave you the the key to to working with him. Yes. I'll be darned. Yeah. And I and I and I pass that on to a bunch of our referees. The walk away is good. Don't try to win that argument. You're not going to win it. All you're going to do is you're going to make a bad situation escalate worse. Yeah. You're going to escalate it. Right. The good referees. I've always said this. The good referees. If it's here, and you get it down to here, you're good. That's a that is a good quality to have as a yeah, referee. Absolutely. Because, you know, I mean, you can no, get very well, heightened. You, we, we, and, well, what about the person? You know, and another thing you don't like, I was taught early in my career, when you go over to talk to a coach, put your hands behind your back because we all have a tendency of eventually when we're really angry. Yeah, right. Pointing fingers oh, and, and that, that, being then, getting up. But yeah, then, that's yeah. Over, then it's over. It's over. Very good advice. Yeah. Okay, hear that out okay. there, referees. Yeah. There's yes, some good advice for you. Yes, so, all right. So, my other question that I have for you is mm-hmm. um, basketball. Let's just, I mean, do you have top of mind like a really memorable moment? I can give you the most memorable. I refereed, I, I was, like I said, you work in a lot of different leagues, you work for a lot of great teams, and you have great games, and you could go on and on. But I guess the game, the most memorable game, that I refereed that Missouri University, I'm sorry, excuse me, I got a little itch. Itch you can, away. You, you, yeah, itch away. <laughs> anyway, Missouri University fans, um, they've, they've never gotten over this particular game. It was uh, the Missouri-UCLA game, and it was in Boise, Idaho, and um, the winner of this game moves on to the regionals. And Missouri is winning by one point with four point, I think, two or four point four. But it doesn't what matter. year are we? I believe that game, the Missouri, the Missouri uh, UCLA game was in the late nineties. Okay. So anyway, UCLA calls a timeout, and I had a good relationship with Coach Stewart from Missouri, and and I and I I knew him. I mean, I've known the guy forever. Okay. And he's a, he's a great athlete and, and a really competitive guy. And, and I looked over during the timeout. I looked over and I saw him. They're up by one point with four-something seconds to go. 
And he, he kind of had that look of we got it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of. Yeah. So anyway, UCLA throws a ball in. Tyus Edney dribbles from the point where he caught the ball around the division line, the middle of the floor, and he scores at the buzzer right before the buzzer. Missouri loses. Oh. Missouri loses. Ouch. I mean, Missouri fans, alumni, guys that I know, they, they, they still talk about that. They're sick about it. Oh, wow. Norm, so dur during the timeout, the three referees, we got together, and we said, hey, listen, it, it was a phenomenal game. I mean, anybody could have refereed it because the players were so good. All you had to do is just stay, stay out of it. You know? Gotcha. Just, just right. get away. Let them play. Every, the ball was going in the basket. So we said, hey, listen, <laughs> we don't screw this thing up. Yeah. I mean, make a foul, be a foul, but none of a little touch, none of a little silly foul. I mean, it's got to be something that the whole world sees. Like, this is a foul. Without yeah, period. Question. No, no questionable right. calls. Gotcha. Okay. So we go on and game's over. That summer, I was helping Coach Stewart. I brought a bunch of referees down there for a referee camp, and he had a team camp, all high school teams from the state of Missouri. So he calls me over. He says, "I got to ask you a question." And you know, he he, he could be a little crude, Norm. He says, "What the uh, f were you got? <laughs> what, what, what were you guys talking about in that huddle?" I said, Coach, I said, we um, we were talking about don't screw this game up. Don't call some silly ticky-tack foul. Just let the kids you know, decide who wins or loses this game. He says, I knew it. He says, I knew damn well that's what you said. And he said, I should have told our guys, you knock the crap out of that shooter and make those guys make a call. <laughs> Norm Stewart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. So I love the I love this. You are a very good storyteller. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it's like you can like hang on every word that you're saying. So thank you for that. And I'm I'm sure the listeners out there are appreciating this. So one of the questions that I ask everyone, and I know you know when Jeff knows Jeff Bullig, who brought you to me, knows that kindness is the big thing with me. And um, so just. I want you to talk about kindness, something that maybe you witnessed, you received, you gave, just something top of mind with kindness. Oh, I could tell you, I could I could go back to yesterday. All right. And tell you something about kindness. Let's go to yesterday. And I and I and and, and I've seen this all. Anyway, we have two little girls over at Spady School who are um Ukraine refugee girls. They just got here. Oh wow. One's a first grader, one's a second grader. Okay. Yeah. They, their mom and dad, finally got here. Oh, good. They were they were um, sponsored by a relative who has a good business out in Clayton, but these two little girls can't speak a word of English, and they're the cutest little girls you've ever seen. Yeah. If you could witness how these little first graders. Embrace her. I love really. that. No, they embrace her. So she she doesn't speak English. So I had her with me almost the whole time in the room, and I and they have a they have a computer where they have Ukrainian and English on it. So she's trying to show me how she's learning English. So she hits 
the thing that has Ukrainian and it, you know, whatever, how, whatever it sounds. Right. And she says to me, you. So I, I hit the English, so I have to say something. So, oh. I, so I go, smile. So then they say smile back to her in Ukrainian, see? So then I look at her and I goes, and she goes, oh, oh no, no. <laughs> so I had the best time with her and she wants to learn and her little friends in that room, they embrace everything she does. They show her how to go here, how to go there. And after uh, the bell rings to end the day, uh, her sister's right across the hall. Her sister's a second grader. Here you go. Here comes this little second grade girl into our room to get her little sister's hand to walk her to the bus together. That is too sweet. Are you going to be speaking Ukrainian soon? I'm going to try to learn some of those Hell words. Yes, I want Ron to learn smiles a damn good I, one to learn. You know what? I want to learn. So I do. I do. And oh my goodness. Think about these little girls, what, oh, what they wow. left behind. No kidding. And, and I'm glad their parents are here with finally them got too, there. right? Because yeah. that's so scary. Yeah, and my understanding was the dad had a big government job, okay? Oh. And it, it was kind of iffy. They might have wanted him to stay, but somehow or another because of the little ones and whatever and sponsors to get them, he, they're here. Oh, my gosh. Think about those little girls. And and. Come to school dressed like a million dollars. They look so cute. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I love it. Yeah, I'm glad they're here, and I'm of course crazy sad for what is going on over there. It's just it's it's, it's unconscionable. Criminal. It's unconscionable. Yeah. I, I'm I'm so, I I can't even. And you know I, I I try to stay out of politics because when you get into it, I'm with you. But I'll tell you something. Um, I love NATO. I think NATO's great. But you know what? Sometimes you don't have to follow the rules all the time. Um, I know, I know that Ukraine's not a, um, NATO country. Right. And, you know, we're not supposed to go and help on the ground or whatever. Um, what's going on there, um, that goes beyond rules. Right. Yeah. To me, the rules are out. I mean, well, they are. I've got about as much say so as. (laughs) I know it's, it's, it's difficult to. um, It isn't it? It's very difficult to be a grounded, sensible human being sometimes and watch. When you see that. Watch when and you see that going on and going, really? For what? This, yeah. is, this is evil. It is. It, it is It's evil. a perfect word. It's evil. Yeah, it's and, evil. And, and, um, and then we have politicians here who, let's face it, one of them didn't even want to give... Ukraine money years ago to defend themselves. That's enough of the politics. It's, I, I'm but with you. you, you know, it's a difficult. It's difficult. It's just. It's so difficult. I, one of the things that makes me so sad is that um, I, you know, we all kind of are wondering what the truth is for anything anymore. I mean, it's definitely gotten very difficult it, to determine sure what the truth is, and so if you don't really know the full story and get what's going on, you're you're sitting back going, what in the hell is going on right now? Why? You know, I I feel like I don't really understand. I, I don't think any, we, we, we want to understand what we, th- what we believe. Yeah. But right. we don't, we, we don't know if that's I fact. know it's in my heart. I know oh. what my heart tells me. Yes. You know. Oh my gosh. But yes. I don't have the facts to back up what's no, in my heart, but no. I, I pretty much go with the heart and intuition on how I feel well, about things. Yeah. I, I, I try to, um, 
Uh, I try to have a little empathy, you think? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> think? Yeah, right. You do. You've got yeah, it. Yeah, well. Ron, this has been a delight. And Jeff was right on when he said, interesting person that loves people. Perfect. Perfect way to describe you outside of all the accolades and the amazing things you've done. Well, you know, speaking of accolades, that's all they are. You know, when you think about it, I mean, you you know, you have these nice, you you're know, so you're, you're in this hall of no, you're, <laughs> but I I mean it. You're in this hall of fame, and that and that's and that's wonderful. I mean, really, it, it's a recognition of what you've done, but that should never, ever identify you as who you are. Well, now you're the cool recess sub. That's what <laughs> I want to be. That's what I that on my tombstone. I want the best. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, oh, one quick, last, last question. Absolutely. Last, you'll love this. So yesterday they have to write a sentence, first grade. So I, I, I go up there on this little, you know, paper, and I say, um, okay, let's let's think of a sentence today. So they said, okay, um, what's the first word? The. Okay. Coach. Is. Great. So I go. Oh. It's very sweet. Nice. Very, very nice. I write it. I said, mm. so what can we say instead of great? So little girls say, awesome. So I said, well, how, how do you spell awesome? And they kind of sounded like, oh, oh, you know. Awesome. Right. Then I said, let me tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the best word up there, goat. So they, so they go, <laughs> goat. So one of the boys knows, he says, oh, oh you're the greatest of all time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. I got a good laugh out of him. We had the best time. Oh my gosh. I love that is an amazing way to end a podcast, Ron Zetcher. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you so are, much you're for a your delight. time today. Oh you're my gosh. And so are you. This has thank been you. thank you. And it's been it's been wonderful. I'm glad to know you. I I'm honored to know you. I really am. Oh, kisses, hugs. Okay, that's this good. is a good day, guys. Thank it's you, Ron Zetcher. The sun's shining. The, the sun is shining. The kids are going to get extra recess. Oh, are they? They're going to get a, not only an extra, they're going to get a long A long extra. recess. Oh, yes. They're going to go home tonight tired. You're, the parents are going to love you for that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, everyone out there, you have been listening to Mishmash Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, kindness, kindness, kindness. I can't say it enough. Uh, bring it. Bring the kindness. Thank you. Thank you all. Love you.